Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. How's everybody doing? If this is your first time, welcome. So glad to have you here. If you don't know, let me tell you what this is. I'm sitting down with interesting people from all walks of life, high performers, um, artists, doctors, um, just anyone I find interesting, really. And we're just sitting down having a conversation, and my goal is to help present you with a different perspective on the world. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. You can go to jumbocbd.com today and check out their full line of products. What is CBD? I'm sure you're seeing it everywhere, but you still may not know. It is cannabidol, one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant, but this compound is helping people with a ton of different uh, issues and you know it's it's just an amazing compound so it's an adaptogen it, it helps the body reach a baseline um, where our bodies are constantly trying to reach homeostasis um, that's what it does and which is why so many people are able to uh, you know not be healthy and still say that they feel okay because the body found a way uh, to to just make it work and, uh, you know, I say all the time that you don't really know how good you can feel until you feel it, you know, until you cut out the shitty foods, until you start moving, until you start getting uh, rest and recovery, uh, you know, you could just be feeling a whole lot better. And having implemented CBD into my daily protocol has definitely been one of the things that makes me feel uh, my best and Jumbo CBD, Jumbo Superfoods, they make the the best CBD products, bar none. Sourcing is, is of the utmost importance. You have to make sure what you're getting is coming from uh, quality ingredients and, you know, it's getting lab tested because, you know, you can go anywhere and get CBD. Hell, I've seen CBD at gas stations and the gas station is definitely not where you want to be getting your CBD from. So, Jumbo, they actually send everything to a third-party laboratory to be tested so you know what you're getting is quality. You're getting the premium shit. I use their daily I use their muscle bomb daily. I use their drops daily before I go to bed. It helps me sleep. It helps with my brain. I know that for a fact. The science says so. You can go check out their full line of products. Go to jumbocbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout. You will save 20% off the entire order. One more time, jumbocbd.com. Save 20% off of your entire order at checkout when you use the code OUTSIDE. This episode is also brought to you by Imposed Will. Go check us out, imposedwill.com. We just launched our line, our full line um, of apparel. You can go over there and check it out and uh, and help support, man. So uh, imposedwill.com. My guests today are some pretty cool humans. I sit down with Josh and Rochelle Kahneman. They are a husband-wife team, and they are kicking ass and taking names in the construction and home design uh, industry. They are based here in the St. Louis area, and I first became aware of them, uh, which we talk about uh, on the podcast, through Ben Newman, who I had on the podcast. If you haven't checked him out, go back and check out his episode. Uh, we dropped a lot of good, uh, great information for you guys in that one. Um, but, man, Josh started his business, uh, K-Build, in, 20 years ago in 1999. Um, didn't finish high school and I don't want to go into his full uh, story, but man, he, you know, he did. He, he took the path that not many take, to say the least. And he's 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 always trying to improve, and he's always trying to be better. And it was just really cool to hear his story. And you know, since uh, his wife Rochelle, um, you know, has has come into the picture, and they have just taking his business you know their business now to the next level and they continue to grow and 
man, they are doing some amazing, amazing work. I walk into their office, guys, and it's just immaculate in there. Um, this huge boardroom, just wide open. Um, they built everything in there, and the attention to detail is obvious. So um, I'm going to quit my rambling. Let's get to the conversation. I have Josh and Rochelle Kahneman. All right, here we go. So we'll we'll get rocking and rolling. All right, so I don't. I'm gonna take a shot at your last. Is it Kahneman? Kahneman, yep. Yeah, I knew it. Josh Kahneman and Rochelle Kahneman. Yep. That's All right. Good. How are you both doing today? Good. We're all good. Thank you both for taking the time. Obviously, um, I always appreciate it. It maybe sounds a little fucked up, a little bit more whenever I like I'm sitting down with like high performers and like business people because you have so much to do in a given day. Like I walk in here, there's photo shoots going on. You're talking with people. I'm sure you're out like doing something because you weren't here at the time. Right. You, like you walked in, so thank you so much for taking that time. Um, since I have both of you, um, whenever I have two people, it'll be easier to distinguish your, your voices. Obviously, we have a man and a woman, but I'm going to let you each kind of introduce yourself so that way the listeners can put the name with the voice and then just you can kind of tell them just a little quick background about yourself. Sure. I'll let my wife go first. Hi, I'm Rochelle. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, we're excited to be on your podcast and uh, just kind of explain what we do. And um, I'm curious the questions you're going to ask, but... Uh, Josh and I have been in the business, uh, this is K-Build's 20th year in business. Um, personally, uh, I've been more on the products and design side for about 16 years. And so that's kind of, that's my side of the business is the products. I do all the book work and manage the office and try to keep up. I'm sure you wear a lot of different hats. That's for sure. Yeah, there's definitely no one title that would encompass everything you do. <laughs> And uh, my name's Josh. Um, as you know, the last name's Kahneman. Uh, we own K-Build here in St. Peter's, Missouri. Um, we're based here, but we do most of our work, I'd probably say, in St. Louis. Um, and like she said, 20 years in business, um, four children, and um, just trying to get better every day and grow in our team. And um, basically my, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but like, my goal is to literally find my max potential and help all of our team members and all of our employees find their max potential as well as I find mine. So yeah. I push them to be their best every single day. Yeah. And that's potential is like one of those weird things, right? Because I've found that like, I'm always trying to learn and I'm always trying to improve myself. The more I learn, the I feel like I don't know anything. Right. So it's like it's almost like you go backwards. Yeah, like the bar just keeps forward. getting raised. Like, <laughs> is it possible to reach your potential? You think, or I mean, you know I don't know I mean? about that. I, I just want to make sure that I don't let anything that I'm supposed to do not get undone while I'm here. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit because you mentioned you being in business for 20 years. Um, let's let's start there. Like, take me back to when it started. I know we talked okay. about it a little bit on the phone. Well, I would basically start with, I would just go all the way back to school. Yeah. High school. I um, basically just could not stay in school, but I did really well in weightlifting, um, woodworking, and art class, and math. And that was the probably three subjects I got, you know, ace every one of them, obviously. Um, how do you ace weightlifting, you know, but... And then the other subjects, I completely failed because I just didn't care. It yeah. wasn't because I couldn't have done it. It's because I just didn't care. Right. So um, basically, I went all 12 years of high school and ended up moving to the Lake of the Ozarks that senior year with all my buddies that graduated. And I didn't graduate because I was two credits short. So we went down, lived at the Ozarks. We, you know, we're paying full rent for, um, you know, straight out of my parents' house into my own living quarters with buddies, paying rent, having a full-time job. And then I had to go back to school um, the next year. And I went there and I w had to go, the classes that I was short was some freshman classes, but wow. I was already a year old for my grade. Yeah. And then I was like 19 going into these classes that kids were coming out of eighth grade. And I already had some real life experience in the sense of like living on my own and stuff. Right. And I literally got in my truck at lunch and just, or my car, and just 
at lunch break and just left and just drove straight past the security guard, beeped at him while he was trying to stop me. <laughs> and I just went straight to my dad's work and uh, where he had his own company. He's a scientific glassblower. Okay. And I was just like, Dad, I need a job. And he's like, well, you're going to either have to get in the trade or you're going to have to go back to college or school so you can go to college or get a GED. And I was like, well, I'm not going back to school. So I guess I'll, I worked at his shop part-time while I got into the Carpenters Union. And okay. this was all in 96. Okay. And I went to the Carpenters Union, got an apprenticeship as a carpenter because I liked building things, yeah. speaker boxes and stuff when I was in school. And um, it just kind of took off from there. I just decided that this is what I want to do was make money. Yeah. And uh, so I decided to just work side jobs, normal work. And then I figured out real quick that that really wasn't like I, w I didn't really like doing the nine to five or whatever you want to call it. Right. I wasn't really into that working for somebody um, and not fulfilling my potential. And I could see it back then. So then I started my own business um, by literally just taking a side job and making it a full-time job. Yeah. So um, I left the Carpenters Union, started my own business, and that was 20 years ago. And from there, I was by myself grinding it every day. Then I, I think I got my little brother to start working with me. And we were side by side doing each job, each bathroom or kitchen or whatever, you know, and we just built our business off of literally referrals and doing just phenomenal work yeah. like, to the best of our ability and taking care of our customers. And that's really what it's all about. But it really wasn't till, I mean, because you can work hard all day long and not be successful even because everybody works hard. Yeah. And I, a lot of people work it's hard. Just, well, a lot, I wouldn't call it everybody. Works well, hard. Every a lot of people work hard, and then they they wonder why. But it's like you have to take your talent and your potential and your hard work, and you got to put it together and figure out what you're good at, and stick to that niche, and just drive your feet in the ground. And it might not, you know, there's no instant gratification. Yeah. So it just then you just start digging and you just go. And so that's when we were doing that, and we were doing. I would say I was still doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but not. Until I met Rochelle, and she took us to a whole nother level of the retail side. Yeah. Um, into the business, plus having, and that was seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we have really expanded the business and grown the employees, and I think we're up to 29 now. So what you're saying is it's my fault. It's either your fault <laughs> or, or it's because of you, one of the two. However you want to look kidding. at it, yeah. take all the credit. Yeah. So how many employees did you guys have, like, so prior to Rochelle coming on, uh, how many? Six. Just six, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then since then you've quad, quadrupled. Right. Yeah. About so, 30 now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's huge. Um, yeah, you said a lot of interesting things, like, um, throughout that process because, one, I feel like uh, we don't push enough trade schools in today's society, mm -hmm. um, especially here in the Midwest, right? Um, you're always told that, uh, I know, like, I'm just maybe just, on my soapbox from my experience, but it's like, if you don't go to school and you don't like go to college, like you're gonna be a loser. And people make you feel that way. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, don't you have it figured out by now? Like you're 18 years old, you don't have it figured out by now? Trades are dogged down, for sure. Right, you know what I mean? But meanwhile, you have people who go to trade school and they learn a skill and they don't come out of school with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And well, he says that all the time that, you know, we go into attorneys' houses, but we're doing something they can't do. Right. So, like, they don't also have our skills. So, use your skills to your advantage. Right. You know, not to your detriment. Yeah, double down on your strengths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Half of our clients are lawyers, doctors, you know, big CPAs. And the funny thing is, is that they don't have the talent. And maybe they do, but that's not where they've, you know, driven their, their talent. That's not their focus. So they hire us. Right. And so I've learned from being a carpenter is like we can build, as you see in this building. Yeah. This anything that office. your brain can imagine, you can build it. Right. So like that's where I found my little niche is just to build whatever I want. Like I, if I want it, work for it, get it. If you can think of it. We and can if probably I can, do it. yeah, I can probably do it. And if I can outthink myself to build the next great house or the next great project or just outdo myself on the next, you know, remodel, that's what we love to do. Just keeps growing. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing, like 
you, you don't overcomplicate it. You just do it. Right. It's actually, it's like, it, it's kind of complicated, the process about, because there's so many details and yeah. so many things that can go wrong, but it really is about simplifying something that's so complicated. Yeah. And then executing to, with such a T to cross your T's and dot your I's and make sure that everything's perfect. So can you walk me through what is the process? So somebody comes to you and they say, Josh Rochelle, I want to build a house or I want to remodel my house. Like, walk me through that process. Like, what all is involved? I know there's so many little so, things there. The details matter. And you guys a, pay attention to the details. When a customer comes, most of our clients are referral repeat customers. And so we direct them to our website, kbuild at kbuildit.com. Okay. Uh, well, that's our email, but kbuildit.com is our website. And so there's a question, like an inquiry, client inquiry. And so it'll go through a series of questions. So there's things I want to know, like what's the scope of work? What are you wanting done in your house? You know, what is your budget? Pictures, I'll have them send it, ask and request pictures of their house as it is now. What would you like to change about it if, I, if you want your sink move across the room? Those are budget drivers, right? So from the pictures and the questions that I'm asking, I can have a phone conversation with them ahead of time and say, you know, I haven't measured anything. Don't quote me on this. This isn't a quote, but generally, I think your budget needs to be $50,000, but you said $30,000 is what you wanted to spend. Yeah. So we're in two different ball games here. So maybe you were nervous about what you wanted to tell me your budget was, and you realistically knew that's about where it was going to be, or you had no idea, and is it realistic for us to move forward then? Yeah. So first, I got we got to, like, Feel them out, see where they're at, yeah, see get if, a game plan. See if you guys are good for each other, right? So what right. you're telling me is you guys aren't the cheapest. No. Okay, so the thing is, is that what makes us different... We're definitely not the cheapest, but right. when's the last time... That's, yeah, and that's what I was getting yeah. at, right? Because the, that's where quality comes into yeah. play, right? You know but what I mean? here's where the difference is. is like Generally, where contractors have gotten a bad name is they come in and they'll give you these general budgets. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, for your projects, I'm going to give you $5,000 budget for cabinets. When, in fact... That wouldn't cut it for your cheapest cabinet. And so when you sign up with him, you're thinking like, oh great, my project is gonna cost $30,000 because that's what my contractor told me. And he probably knows because he knows more than I do about this business, this is his industry. Yeah. And so he tells them, you know, here's a budget for this, a budget for this, now go shopping. And I want a deposit for my work mm -hmm. to hold you on the calendar. Well, now they've got some level of commitment to them, but they really don't know where the projects are going to land right. or the, the products are. And so from the beginning, they have a false sense of expectation. And mm -hmm. so if I went in and I was put my quote to theirs to be able to garner that job or that mm -hmm. remodel, his is going to beat me in price. But mine is so accurate to exactly what you're getting, like the benefit to our store, is they can come in, they pick what they want with me, right. and then we can adjust the selections. But it's all accurate to what you're getting, not this general budget that isn't realistic. Right. So our quotes don't look the same because his is not any level of accurate. Yeah, it's not. it doesn't have all the details, right? That's right. when the contractor comes back and is like, oh, well, we ran into this, and we ran into that. and Because like, he hasn't gone through all the details. He never thought about it at And all. so at the end of the day, I don't think that we actually end up being, costing so much more just out of the gate, we're realistic about what it's going to cost. That makes sense. That because that's sense. how I would want to be treated. Yeah, and in the way, like, so what I'm thinking is, I heard like I've always heard like you can get things done like good, cheap, and fast. You can get two of the three, right? So if right. it's if it's <laughs> if you know like if it's uh, what is it? If it's if it's good and fast, like it's not going to be cheap. Like it, you have to pay for quality, and right. you guys obviously do quality work, so that's what you pay for. But we don't put our name on anything. That, that I won't guarantee forever. Yeah. Like if... Standards. Yeah. I mean, from f houses I built five years ago or a f uh, flip, we flip houses in the West County area and we don't, we sell these houses to someone. It's a used home, but we sell it to them brand new again. And if they decide to call me, um, you know, and they have a party on a Saturday and they, we weren't selling with them. We were dealing with agents, but they found out who we are and mm -hmm. every, they, everyone finds out who we are from, they look us up then they start following us and you know, you just, your name's on it. So therefore like we had a customer, um, call us on a Friday night, two weeks ago. And he's like, Hey, he just texted or he hit us up on Instagram because that's how he, you know, he started following us and he has a huge following. He's a big business, uh, here in St. Louis. Um, and he has a huge following. So you never know who's going to take your house. So you always want to put your, you know, your best foot out because social media can 100%. make or break you anyways. Yeah. And so as much as we have no legal obligation, 
for K-Build, for our namesake, yeah. for the, we have an obligation to yeah. go further than what our stand, or what the normal expectations would be. Right. Yeah. So he's just like, where do I find a hose? I got a birthday party for my kid. At, his sink broke. Something on his sink broke. And I, so I call my rep, and my rep's awesome. And he, um, from Ferguson, he had a faucet to me at 7.30 or 8 on a Friday night to my home. And then I, after I got done working out at five on Saturday morning, I had a faucet at my, in Baldwin at seven on his doorstep. So he had it for his party the next day. Oh, wow. And, you know, it, it was just, and it was just saying, hey, look, here, take it. Um, no charge. Just hopefully you have a great party. I'm sorry about the, that this busted a year later. But that's the thing is our name's on it. So if my name's on it, you're going to get the best product. Right. Just trying to do the right thing. Right. Whether it's convenient or. Well, it's going above and beyond. So at the end of the day, it's more important for us that our clients are happy I mean, there, there's money to be made with all the products and all the labor and everything that goes into it. But at the end of the day, I'll lose money before we leave a customer unhappy. That's powerful. That's, like, that's a really powerful statement. Yeah. So you say you'll lose money before like, you'll leave people unhappy, right? So that just right. says like, how committed you are to like, providing the best service and like, the best uh, build-out for your customers. Yeah, experience. Ultimate, yeah. Ultimately, because at the end of the day, if homes. a product fails or if, something, if they're not happy with something... It, it hangs on to them. Yeah. It's their house. It's yeah. so personal. And so if we can just make it right and they can move forward in their life and that's not, you know, you're, you're a bigger hero for fixing it. Yeah. We're not the cheapest. We're the most thorough down right. to the details. So mm -hmm. the reason that we're not the cheapest is because I want to make sure the details are done. So I need the money to make sure the details are done. So therefore at the end, our bid might be a little higher, but the end product's totally different. 100%. It's kind of like, you know, as Andy Fursella says, it's when's the last time the cheapest product is the best product? Never. Right. Yeah. And at that point, if like, it's just, it, then it just becomes a commodity, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm a stickler for the details down to the smallest little mm -hmm. thing. It's like, it's almost like weird how like I pay attention to little things. Right. So like whenever I walk in here, like, and then I see like the brick on the inside and then like just all the little things, like the molding and everything, it's just like, you guys take like the time to pay attention to the detail and that just says pride, right? Like in yep. your work. Yep. Um, so Rochelle, so you say you're in the product side, like for yep. 16 years before mm -hmm. you, you came over here. Um, like what, like what attracted you to this business? Originally, I always knew even from like being so young, I knew I loved houses. So like I could drive around and look at houses. If I was with my parents driving around, I was always curious about the houses. Yeah. And so like, I just grew up with, my dad was a carpenter. Mm -hmm. So that probably had a lot to do with it. <laughs> so I'd be, you know, doing side jobs with him. I'd go over and sweep or clean his job site or I had my own set of tools in the basement oh, to nice. you know while he's working on his stuff for work or his side jobs I'd have my own little saw and working on my own projects and okay. so I think that's where the love for this industry started for sure but um, kind of a similar story as Josh except I was homeschooled through high school okay um, but I decided I wanted to go back and uh, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't the best experience. I hated school too. Yeah. So we both ended up with, uh, no high school diplomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a funny, you know, that that's how it landed for both of us. Yeah. But I was homeschooled through the rest of high school and just never took the test to call it official and finished. Right. So we both on the cusp, but yeah. never finished. I think college is great if you're going for something that requires it directly. Right. But I mean, I, everyone that I personally know, had that went to college doesn't even use what they went to college for ditto like me included mm -hmm. so that's why like i like hearing your story and i like to get it out there for for the listeners because like i i was i was good at school and it, like it just was real easy because to me it was just like a system and like honestly i had friends i would like get homework from and i would cheat off of and stuff like that right. like they frown upon that but i just look at that as like i'm just using my resources I wisely and we're working together best <laughs> friends one of my best friends was two years older than me he worked at Amico, the gas station up at Kisker there. Okay. I would pay. He was a night shift. I would pay him to do my homework because he was like a genius. And I'd wake up, pick it up in the morning on the way to school. That sounds like a good skill, right? So I mean, that's ridiculous. What, yeah. And we still work, <laughs> we still work together every day t today. He's like, we've been friends for life. So he works with us here at K-Bill. But like, he's exactly. like one of our, my right-hand men, like literally. But he is like so book smart. And I was like, Steve, whatever I got to do to pay you to do my homework. And he used to do it. Exactly. So, on, on the subjects that I was bad at. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's just a good life skill. Uh, <laughs> so for me, it was like a love for the industry, yeah. love for what I saw my dad doing. It was uh, 
like I always love about this industry that it's so hard. Like if you love it, it's going to be damn hard to get bored yeah. because every house has a new set of challenges. Every house has a different, you know, different elements, but there's still structure around it that there's parameters and like most projects, if it's going to be a kitchen or a bathroom, it's going to have cabinets. It's going to have plumbing fixtures. Like there's parameters within it, but it's still ever changing. Yeah. And the products are already always changing and the finishes on the hardwood floors or whatever the case may be, like you can get a constant education. Um, so I love that it is constantly changing. Um, but I knew I th I, at the beginning, I thought like, okay, when I started going to college and everything, I'm like, okay, I want to do interior design. That makes sense because I love houses. Yeah. So I'll be an interior designer. And so before, when I was kind of doing undergrad classes, um, I'm so thankful. And for listeners, like the best thing that I can encourage people to do is if you're not sure and you're starting to go to school, go get a job in that industry to the best of your ability. Yeah. So I went and worked for an interior designer as her assistant and found out extremely quickly that I absolutely hated it. Yeah. So, like, I hated picking drapes for, cur you know, curtains. Yeah. The fabrics and the candle holders and the, f the furniture. Like, it was just all these small details that were, like, you know, I feel like they're so personal. It just isn't for me to pick all of those things out. Okay. And so the things in a house did not excite me, whereas the house itself did. Right. And so I happened to, from there, fall into a position at a flooring store, helping them out um, with some paperwork. And then the owner gave me a shot at helping her with some products. And that was like, I was off and running. The rest then. is history. Yeah. I just, I fell in love with it. Like yeah. I'm obsessed. Now was your dad, was he also an entrepreneur or? No, he worked in the union okay. all whenever I was growing up. But on at the same token, he always had a side job. So some nights, uh, you know, a lot of weekends and he was, it was work and kids. There was right. four of us in my family as well. Okay. And so he would walk in the door and cli be climbing on the floor playing with us. But when he wasn't doing work, he was at a side job, you know, yeah. if whatever. So I just go with him a lot. Right. So you, but yeah, so you saw like what it takes like day in and day out, like the long days, right? Yep. Yeah, because a lot of people miss that. So you both had like entrepreneurial families. Like he may not own his own business, but like I said, he had side he jobs. Still he found was constantly the work working. and everything. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's like, um, like a, it's like just such a good example. I try to do that with my kids. I have two kids, so it's like, um, I don't go to a typical office like a nine to five every day, but they see me like constantly working. You know what I mean? Right. I, I like to say like work is a thing you get to do, not a place you have to go. Right. Um, Cause so many people just associate work with like, I just have to go to this office and clock in. And it's so different when you are obsessed with what you do. Yeah. Like it every day, like I have a hard time leaving. Yeah. I love my kids and I can't wait to get home. But at the same time I feel torn cause I like want to finish whatever I'm doing because I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And so it never feels like I don't like even work. have an office in this entire building. Like I literally will sit down <laughs> somewhere and, and, and work. I'll either be in my truck, I'll be on a job site, or he I'll did. just come in and sit at one of the other other stations, like one of the tables, and yeah. we'll go through, get done what we need to do, and I'm back out the door. Like, he did I don't, tell me when we were doing the renovation, like, this is our office. He kept telling me that about what is my office. <laughs> and then so. now I was like, well, and then it all came into play. And I'm like, I have a, it's a controlled chaos paperwork yeah. system. And so we have so many projects and I'm doing all the billing and everything else. So like, I know where everything is. I know how it's all laid out and it is a hot mess and he can't handle even being in that office with me. Yeah. I need order. It kind of like freaks me out if it's too much. I'm just a. Uh, I like to be involved with every day, every job. Yeah. So I'm still involved with every job, every customer, literally. So like I'm still playing it. Like we probably are past the point that I should be doing that. Yeah. But that's my passion. So you think uh, you'll ever get out of the weeds? Uh, maybe a little bit, but not. I don't know. It's just like I'm not saying I'll probably go to every single job every single day. Yeah. But I definitely will be visiting job sites every day, every week, every forever. forever. Yeah. That's just. Because it's the part I, that he loves. I, his, that's the part I love. Yeah, that's what you love. His biggest strength, like certain people have certain strengths in, that God put inside of them. And like for him, he doesn't have to write down a schedule. I mean, we have 30 employees. He knows where everybody is every day. There are certain people, personalities don't work as well together. And so he just manipulates the schedule to where the guys that don't work as well together don't work together. Or if there's an issue, he just circulates them for a while. Um, but with all of these job sites and all of these people, I would have to have like an insane calendar and everybody written out and their names and everything. And he just <coughs> totally 
it just comes to him and he can just see through like sometimes you can just see through all of the stuff that trips people up mm-hmm. and see a clear vision and that's him on scheduling so like with Neo contractors the they're always tripping over like in my whole career i worked with con- i've worked with contractors and they would schedule us for flooring to come in behind you know to be the next sub up and they'd call me i'd call them you know three days ahead of time hey just want to make sure we're good for the schedule and the day of, they're texting me or calling me that morning, being like, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be ready for two weeks. And I was like, three days ago, you were ready for today. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how, where is the confusion here? Right. And so he just sees through all of that. And so what I think what keeps us on, you know, we might be a little bit more expensive, but what keeps us on the level playing field at the end of the day is he's so efficient with his calendar that somebody else is going to cost cost you money because they're tripping all over themselves on the calendar 100 percent. and i feel like when like anything that's a value like if you're sitting there like pinching pennies like it's just not for you does that make sense like for me like as a trainer and like as a coach like i don't want to be everybody's coach because not everybody can afford me and that's totally fine but that's okay and that's that, yeah i you right. know what i mean like you can go with the cheaper trainer you're not going to get the same results like that's right. totally fine so like you set a standard and you stick to it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um yeah so some some people just get hung up too much on like an arbitrary like dollar amount and they don't i mean the value is where it's at right you guys are right. providing value we have um, a lot of customers that, um, very good customers. And like you said, every customer is a repeat customer. That's why we'd rather lose money because we go back, we, ha- we go back and we go back and we go back for 15 years. There are customers like the house I'm building right now is for a customer that I've been working for, for 12 years. We did their kitchen at, you know, their house and now we're building them a new home. Same. We're building two new homes and both of them were from customers of 12 years ago. So they remembered us. They knew the work we did. They knew the, the tension to detail and they come back. So right. that's the difference is like, if you lose money on this one deal, you just keep moving forward. That's just part of business because you need a happy customer. Cause that, that customer is going to be not just a one time deal unless you make it that way. Yeah. And that's what I think where a lot of contractors mess up because they're so focused on that right then and there. They're or not looking at the foc- big picture. They, or they're trying to focus on what's next because it's a, it's tough because we'll be in right now. We're in the middle of a huge renovation that we put so much, we put a year of planning into before it began. And so now that it's going, I've already thought through all those details for a year. Now it's coming to fruition, but as much as my focus is on it and managing it, it's also forward focused for what the jobs are coming up. Cause it takes me that long to plan for the yeah, next whole project. Year of planning, right? And yeah. so, um, that's the hard part is I think contractors are also like in the middle of what they're doing forward focusing for what's next. But a lot of them don't button everything up perfectly at the end. And so you've got this undone thing and it trails off or it never gets finished or, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of things have made the industry have a bad name. Well, I wonder how many contractors are like seeking the initiative or taking the initiative rather of like seeking a performance coach, right? So for the listeners, I just recently sat down with Ben Newman mm-hmm. and that episode will be dropping soon, but he's the one who like put you guys on my radar and it's funny I used to live like right down the road here so I drove by this building all the time yeah and it's, it's a very unassuming building because like it's so nice in here and then it's just um I mean it's just like a plain brick building mm-hmm. but it's just a be- it's beautiful in here Thank but you. um how, how many contractors are are going out and seeking help from top you know world-class performance coaches unfortunately I think in the industry it's just kind of dumbed down right yeah. and so a lot of guys like you, they, I think a lot of people, if there's a standard where good enough is good enough, they just live by it. Yeah. Instead of just going ahead and stepping up to the plate and saying like, that's not my standard though. Right. Like enough is enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, uh, I want to start holding camps. Like, uh, in the next couple of years, I'm trying to figure out how to hold camps for teenagers to come and spend a week or two weeks with our team. And oh, if it cool. depends on if they're more IT minded, I'll put them with my part of my team. That's you know, geared towards that, mm-hmm. or if it's media, or if it's design, or maybe scheduling, or, you know, whatever part out in the field, yeah. so that they can get a taste of it, and then my idea is to have a flip house that we're working on, yeah, and have do. these kids have it all worked out for the scheduling, and have the kids working towards this idea of this house, and then to surprise them and bring them to the actual house that they've been working on for the two weeks. Oh, wow. Because that's the difference. School can't give them, like, the real life. Right. Like it's an interpretation of it. Yeah, like the real world experience just it it trumps any theory. 
right? Yep. And that's that's the thing, right? Like so, like I mean, I went to Lin I went to Linwood, and like I got my degree, and I went back and I got my master's in healthcare administration because I thought it was just gonna be like this is what you're supposed to do because mm -hmm. I was working at Express Scripts, and this is the healthcare industry, but everything they're teaching you is theory right you know what I mean and half of all graduates don't even work in their field so I think it is a great way for uh, young teens to be able to come in and say like you know I think I like this but then it can like capture their heart if that's really what's for them yeah you yeah. know give them a true vision of what it really is to be in this industry right now what are some of the common like um, I don't know like pitfalls or like things that you like run into during a project like what are some things that people should be like looking out for or be thinking about whenever they're going through innovations or you know common issues you guys deal with I think well, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better yeah <laughs> that's I for think sure. so. keep that in mind at all times <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> one of the things that we kind of um, we prepare them for it though so we might be a little bit more on like if they compare our bid to somebody else's bid in the beginning, we might come out of the gate with sticker shock, but in the end, it's probably the same price. Or they, if they, anyone that has done business with us will pay that a little extra to get that end result because they know. That well, it's a. It's not just the end result; it's the entire experience. So, like, if it has to do with design or anything from the office or billing or whatever, they can call me. And if it has to do with construction or anything like that, they can call him. Yeah. And so, like knowing that it's not just somebody at the office will answer your call. Mm. Like specifically, we're going to take care of what your right. problem is and like we're going to solve the problem right now. And it doesn't matter if it's 9 o'clock at night. I don't prefer calls at 9 o'clock at night, but I sure will take them because you deserve to have a good night's sleep, not panicking over what's going on at your house just because you didn't understand quite what was going on. Right, yeah. You know, and it's sometimes just, you just got to talk through it. Right. And sometimes that's when they just got off work and it's the first time they're seeing their house in two days. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, like on the on the construction side, like what like what kind of things do you run into? I I, I noticed like on the vlog, like out of nowhere there termite was damage. like termite damage, yeah. like water damage. That doesn't mold. happen much. Though. It's just yeah, those are the unforeseen. I just uh, feel like these are just like probably common things. Yeah, like they're they, so common. It really though. doesn't happen much though. I feel like yeah. less times. It's, it's when you're doing a new build, you're going to run into getting out of the ground. Meaning yeah. Like plastic soils. We just dug a foundation and we. As we were digging, we ran into like just an entire thing of tires, rubber tires. Hmm. So we had to continue to dig like 15 feet down to get them all out. Oh, wow. Which is an extra expense, but there's you can't put a foundation on top of that. And right. who could have foreseen that? Yeah, like those are <laughs> right. that you could I thought foresee. he was going to say like rock or something. <laughs> yeah. Tires, 15 yeah. feet of tires. Yeah, so, <laughs> so somebody <laughs> buried all that That's a lot. years ago. You know, it was like an old farm. So someone buried it. So we had to, you know, call the homeowner, address the issue solve it and it's really just solving the problem that's the thing is well we never hide from a problem i right. think that's a big difference from yeah. contractors as i think a lot of contractors like almost don't say anything hoping it'll go away yeah. and then at the end of the day it doesn't it almost snowballed on them in the meantime which is harder to fix yeah versus like if we encounter a problem um most of the time i'm pretty direct so yeah. they'll likely hear from me but it's after like we'll problem solve and then yeah i'll, I'll you know confront it and say, all right, then we thought through it. Here's the options. And how would you like, you know, how do you want, it's your house. How would you like for us to handle this? Right. Yeah. Just, just address it head on. Right. Yep. So many people try to go around obstacles. It's like, yep. no, go through the obstacles. Right. Yep. Well, in confrontation, I think just generally people are afraid of upsetting people now. Yeah. Just Whereas like, we're in an outreach culture right now. It's, <laughs> it's part of it. Life is upsetting sometimes, Yeah. but it's about how you, how do you work through being upset? Right. Right. Yeah. I was just, I just, I always try to think about, um, like there's so many things that could come up that people just don't think about that are probably just, you guys are just so used to it. So I don't know if like, if you had some advice for people who were maybe like flipping a home or something, like what are some common things to like look out for? <laughs> well, that's just, <laughs> it just depends. Where, is that, is that, like, where do we start? Right? Everybody right now is a flipper. Yeah. Like I, we do it for a living. So, um, we're when we go we're trying to find, like we're always i'm looking at one deal a day at least and when i'm bidding against 18 people now and last year i was bidding against one you oh. know or two years ago yeah it's just so it's flooded right it's flooded so and then but what you hear is sometimes that same deal will flop and because they they'll be reselling it halfway through the, the reno yeah and it's everyone thinks it's easy to do but when you're doing an entire home it's you got to watch out because there's you get buried in it we 
we're very, it works for us because we've got 30 people. We have right? employees. So yeah. that's the difference. We're not subbing out every part and piece and paying a premium right. for all the parts and pieces. You're completely yeah. vertically integrated. And we can run the schedule tight. You know, yeah. we, we have our own painters, our own electricians, our own floor layers, our own framers, our own everybody. We have it across the board. Yeah. So we're not waiting on people. And so that's where I dissect it 20 years ago to now is where I decided I found the niche as being a general contractor. Most of the general contractors around town, and there's some great ones, they typically don't have a lot of employees. They're, they they sub everything out. Yeah. And then um, when you get into remodeling, and there's not a lot of huge, like, big remodel companies around town. There are a few. Um, but where I found that to dissect the problem of waiting on the painting contractor, you know, because you're in someone's home. So we do mainly, we do more remodeling than we do new construction. So when we're in somebody's home and you're waiting, you always are waiting on someone else. And I didn't want to wait on anybody else. Yeah. I can't keep the schedule rolling. I had a homeowner tell me when I finished his house, he said, you know what? I was here every single day, entire build. There wasn't one day that this house, there wasn't someone working. Instead of like you drive by houses and they're just sitting. Yeah, they're sitting they're waiting, all the time. They're waiting. waiting on the next contractor. Yeah, for to and, set them up. Right. So we decided to get go out and team up and get licensed in plumbing, get licensed in electrical, get... Um, our own painting crew. So I wasn't waiting on the painting contractor. Like literally if the customer needs somebody. I send my painter there the next morning. Yeah. Um, not waiting on the material. That's where she came in. We, we can supply our own material. We can rush order. We can, we're in charge of the whole thing. So instead of having subs, we brought them all in house. Yeah. So that's a difference. So for us, uh, the part where people get in such trouble with, uh, like flip houses is, like they think it's a good idea. Maybe they buy a house and they can understand with a realtor that it's a $100,000 spread. First of all, not all realtors are equal. And so they don't always agree with what that spread is. So you can get in trouble, first of all, right out of the gate, thinking that your comps are bigger than what they are. What do you mean the spread? The spread on the comps of a house. So whenever I buy a house, let's say, let's say I buy a house for $150,000 mm-hmm. and it needs a lot of work. Okay. And then my realtor says, you can sell this house for two fifty, And like the lay person... Or the guy's trying to do a flip, and you yeah. say, like, $100,000, that's, $100, that's right. easy math. Like, I can put $50,000 into this guy and make 50 grand. I'm going to make fifty grand. But they're yeah. forgetting about the closing fees, the real estate fees, yeah. the comp, the negotiation at the like, end. Like, what if that comp wasn't accurate and it was 20000 short? What, yeah. if, what if the house really only comps for, you know, for two twenty? You yeah. know, so then all of a sudden your your margins dropping just dropped. Yeah. And then there's likely when you go in, if you're not thinking through every single detail, there's more cost than what you were just excited about because you saw a hundred thousand dollars spread. Right. And so then it starts going backwards on you really fast. Like uh, we had somebody in our office a couple of days ago, and they said uh, their check at the end, they did a flip, and you know they had to sub it all out and everything, and they thought it was going to be a good one their check at the end that they walked away with and there was two people partnering and it was 200, like $225. A total piece. or e- oh, each? each. <laughs> wow. 200 after months and months of work. Well, they work said like 400 and I was like, 400? I thought they were talking 400 Gs. We were like, yeah. And I was so like, what? I need to learn yeah. from you guys. And they're like, no, 400 bucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, we just never did one again. And we found that we're good in this niche of marketing and finding the homes and that's why we're coming to you guys and i was yeah. like sweet we can you know that's so we you- have all the employees so you almost have a cost in a sense for an employee yeah versus retail yeah. hiring a subcontractor and then on the retails on my on my product side i'm um a retail store and so i'm playing cost for my products too right so i'm hitting it on two sides at direct cost which change is a whole change in the game from your product side. 100%. Yeah, you almost have complete control of your margins at yeah. that point. Um, so what's keeping other people from doing this business model, you think? Like, why aren't other contractors, like, vertically integrating their business? Why are they subbing out all their work? Well, I mean, it's a, don't it's get me wrong. It's hard having employees. It, yeah, there's a Take whole, the payroll yeah. on, yeah. right? You well, got then you the, have a commitment. You have a commitment, the payroll. Insurance, I mean, I'm sure. It's, it's a, every day. I mean, you can't, if you, if we say, hey, we're going to, like, if you think you got cushion for one minute of like, okay, we're set for the schedule or we're set, you know, like we're doing good um, financially or we're going to go on vacation this week or whatever, you will feel that impact when you get, it's the bigger your payroll gets uh, and, and the bigger your company gets and the bigger every, you know, the jobs are going because you have to, you got all these customers, you will feel that impact or two months later. Earlier this year, um, I did a bodybuilding show 
in September. Okay. And so I trained for it for a couple of months and it put me in the gym two hours a day. And so I changed my work schedule. So I was in the office like three to five hours a day every week for that period. And, um, it was hard to keep up with. I felt the pain of it going through it, but where I really felt the pain was in December. Yeah. Because I trained from, you know, for two months up till the show at the end of September. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the work day. Yeah. But where we felt it was for all the work that I wasn't there for, it takes time for those jobs to turn over. Mm -hmm. And so in December we were like, ouch, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if we can, I can do this again. Yeah. Cause it's like the work you put in today, like you, it pays off later. later. Yeah. yeah. You don't mm -hmm. ever really, we do a lot of work right for now. no, nothing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I mean, with, just knowing it's going to pay off later. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people would. It's a, it's a it's a lot of work. I mean, I get up every day at 3:45. That's how I met Ben Newman. Okay. From the podcast on the MFCO podcast. Because he wakes up early. Well, he or, talked a big game, and he said, "I get up every day at 3:13, and every minute, and I, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I get up every day at 3:45, and I want to see a guy outdo me, right? Because that's that's who I would want to coach me is some guy that's going to be better than me, obviously, right? Yeah. So he said he gets up at 3:13 every day. So I literally fo I followed Watched him on him. all social media. I get up at 3:45. I would always go and see when he posted, and he posted. It always say 20 or 30 minutes ago. So I did it for two years, and he never wavered. He's so consistent. Mm -hmm. He was so consistent, and I knew that every so that's day. That's why I picked him. So, yeah, I picked him because I, I hired him because I needed, like, he wasn't just saying something to, you know, look good on the podcast. Yeah. He was talking. He's doing what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. he's telling the truth. And he's living And by so I social. said to myself, well, then I'm going to hire that guy because he is, like, I need to, I want to perform. I want, I, I want to perform better. And he's performing, like, he's getting up earlier than me. You know, he's the one that teaches you if you get up if 20 minutes earlier each day is 12 months or 12 days a year yeah so that you get so every hour every you know you times that by every hour that you get up earlier a day obviously you probably heard you're all this yeah yeah you just do the math life. yeah you're adding you got, you so got an extra time. month in the next guy yeah to get to be productive and right. to work towards your goals i feel like a lot of success is i mean you, you have to have like the qual like to produce quality work and like you have to take pride in what you're doing but a lot of it's just like showing people you're not going away consistency so like i'm here right. to stay and like i'm this is what i'm doing yeah like take it or leave it so now speaking of ben like he talks a lot about legacy and like now you guys have employees like does that ever come into mind like you guys think about like the legacy you're leaving and like you know you're responsible for other people's lively like livelihoods right. now you think about that yep does we that motivate you totally that's that motivates me that gets me out of bed besides my own family that gets me out of bed every day because we want them to succeed. So we have a lot of opportunities for our employees to invest with us um, in different angles. And we have we several. Have a totally different culture yeah, going on. We have here. several employees that are investing with us because we allow them to, like, I want them to be successful. I want them to make a lot of money. It's like a balloon. Here. We want it to be a balloon effect. If we go up, we want everybody with us. Yeah. To yeah. Go up. And, yeah. and so it, it's, it's working. We've got some really uh, unbelievable teammates. And. We, we encourage, like, we talk, speak life into our company, I feel like, though. Like, once a month, every month, we um, do a team-building exercise. So we might go play paintball. We just played paintball a couple right. weeks ago. Yeah, I or, talked to Josh on that same day. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Like, every month, we're going bowling. We're going laser tag. Well, you know, whatever it's it is. team-building with everyone, and it's like a family here, literally. If you ask any guy here, it's literally like a family. I have two guys that want to get a tattoo of my logo on them. Really? And I'm like, <laughs> if, if yeah, and they haven't done it yet, but I said I'll pay for it. If you guys are willing to do it, I'm definitely going to pay for it because that just means like – that is, I you mean, know. yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. That's die like, hard. It really is. Like yeah. they, they believe in like what you're doing. That's, that speaks to like the community and the culture that you're, right. you're building, which I feel like any successful business, um, if you're building a culture, then you're, you're building, it's, it's bigger than the business at that point. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like you said it family. So for, for me, like I didn't really come from much at all. And so, uh, ever since I was younger, I was like the first one of my friends that went and got a job. Cause I was like, Having nothing is not good enough for me. Yeah. Like just being the standard is not good enough for me. And so um, for me, like for when you talk about legacy, like I needed to change the game for my family. Like I was tired of seeing and hearing my family members like in the constant struggle. Yeah. And I wanted my children to see something different. Like you're going to struggle if you don't have money. 
and you're going to struggle and work a lot if you do have money. Yeah. And so like which end of the spectrum do you want to be on? Yeah. Pick your struggle. Like mm-hmm. stick with it, be consistent and work your ass off at it. Yeah. 100%. And consistent. so it's going to change your legacy. It's going to change the game. Like my kid's life isn't going to be the same. Yeah. Is where I came from. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to do it 20, 365 days a year. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't spend time with your family. Doesn't mean you can't settle down on the weekends. It doesn't mean you have to grind every single day, but you can't have to always be, have that mindset 365 days a year. Yeah. So when you can do that deal on a Saturday or a Sunday, you got to go do it. You can't just say, well, we'll we worry about that Monday. Yeah. You take your kids with you and we go look at flip houses. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. And then they run her through them and then we go out to lunch. Yeah. And I've, we've made several of our deals on yeah. a Sunday with our kids um, when it's just like a stop, like we're running errands. And so they don't know, like, yeah, that's yeah. just part of what we do. It's just normal life. Like you're my kids them. love houses. Like I, my two year old, every house is being built. He said, mom, there's K build. <laughs> I was like, well, not that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> every just, house in his mind, yeah, in if his it's mind, being it's built, it's K build. Yeah. yeah. They, the time thing is I hear that so much. And, um, and trust me, I'm still trying to figure out how to get more time in my day, but there's, Everyone has the same amount of time, right? I'm still trying to figure out how the guys that, you know, are at the $100 million to $1 billion companies are doing it because they got the same amount of time, right? Are they outworking me? I don't know that. I, obviously, they are somehow, but, like, what are they doing different? And that's what intrigues me to get better every day because they have the same amount of time I do. So, like, that's, that's where I'm trying, to, I'm trying to chase that right there because um, to get – basically, if you can get better – every day by this much yeah and you look back and you it in a year the curve you really just does. change the entire outcome outcome yeah i find a lot of people they'll um they'll look at like where the end goal is where they're trying to get to and instead of focusing on just like a little incremental every day they just get overwhelmed by like that big picture and it's just like right. if you just do a little bit every day like you'll get there wherever it's, there is and it, that's on life it yeah, doesn't matter if it's a diet it doesn't matter if it's your workout it doesn't matter if it's work your finances you need to save a little bit each day if you need to make this much more a week and you got to figure out how you know like it doesn't matter what level you're at either yeah. go cut grass go cut one yard a week whatever it is on the extra time like there's a way for everything yeah and i i just use it from my example from planking and it gets been yeah because literally I, and i don't know <laughs> i don't know the actual like i don't really really remember that 100 percent the article i was reading and mm-hmm. exactly what it said but it said something like if you can plank five minutes straight you're like uh, like in you're the pro, you're a, like a pro athlete like in, yeah. in the like we're the kind of the guys that you know guys that do crossfit or whatever like i don't know the right terminology and i was it's like, like that, an elite athlete yeah and i was like that that's not hard and okay, so, so he's planking like 20 minutes a day, and he's like, I stop because, like, I can't take up any more of my well, time in my day. And how, I was like, <laughs> How that started, though, is I was like, that doesn't seem hard to me. So then I tried it, and I was like a minute and 20 seconds, and I was just shaking, you know, and I'm like, you know, and I That's was like. That's weird because I can do, like, three minutes. That's so, well, you know, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm like, I didn't never thought that that would be that hard, right? Mm-hmm. So then I just decided to do one second more a day. That was it. And so two years later, I do 20 minutes every day. And just by so, adding one second a day. By adding, That's yeah, how I got up to the 20 minutes. And now wow. I've been doing 20 minutes a day for like six months straight because I don't, I mean, what am I supposed to, it just takes so much of my workout up, right? <laughs> I, I meet my workout partner at five, so I have to get there at 440 so that I can plank 20 minutes before he shows up because he doesn't <laughs> want to just wait around on me. He says, I walk in and he said, Josh is just sitting over there being a table. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it doesn't matter what aspect. If you do that little bit and, and you, you tweak look it. back. In one year, you see change. how far you've come Yeah. if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to save money, if you're trying to make more money. Like if you just do a little well, bit more. Like what Ben said, um, Ben encourages us to, like, let's say, for example, like I want to write a book. I've got, I want to do a, like, a fitness book for like a simple, almost like very simple how-to because I didn't grow up in a world of fitness, whereas Josh really did. He is the healthiest, most consistent person I've ever met in my life. And so like, it's been learned for me. It wasn't ingrained in me. Yeah. And so like, if I just had simpler, helpful tips, I'm fortunate and I love being able to have a trainer, but not everybody has that capability. And so I'm like thinking if this book can like encourage them without a trainer to simplify it, and let them feel like they know what they're doing when they walk in. Yeah. So the book definitely is not going to write itself. 
Yeah. And I don't know how to find much more time yeah, you, between it, work and my four children. And so Ben just said, you know, if that's something that you really want to do, try to find 15 minutes a day. Can you carve out 15 minutes a day and say, like, is this important enough to you for 15 minutes? Right. And so, like, for 15 minutes, block out everything and be laser focused and just pour 15 minutes into it. And then see where you come after a year. Yeah. As opposed to being a year and just being like, I just, I don't have any time. Because in your mind, you'd say, like, people, like, stop working to write books. They, they take months on it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so, like, what if you just spent 15 minutes? And then that way I get to do what I'm doing and do what I love and still accomplish some of these other goals. So it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a book or whatever that is that you're trying to accomplish, you know, we want to do more flip houses. So Josh is, you know, spending his time. Like, he's, it's intentional. Right. It's about yeah. being intentional with your That's time. That's a strong word, like intention. Like, you know what I mean? Because so many people, they just, they do things with, like, n- no real purpose. They, they just, just live it. Yeah. They, uh, they're just kind of like floating through Intentional life. living is so powerful. It's so much more powerful because, I mean, you have a purpose with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're coming up on an hour. I want to be respectful of your guys' time. I know you got you know, to get back to running your business. But, um, like, what's in the future for you guys? I mean, obviously, you're, you're building, like, an amazing business. Like, where do you see your eyes yourself going from here? Well, I mean, you can go can ahead I and take that one. You yeah. can answer that if you'd like. All right. Well, uh, I think we're always trying looking into like social media and branding and that kind of stuff. So I think that's just, you know, part of growing and trying to understand that side of the industry. But, um, like for my product side, we launched a website. So now you can buy our floors online. Um, so that's launched. And so we're working on click funnels and seeing like how to make that work and generate traffic and all of that. But like for the long haul to me, like, we do things different. Like the system is different than the industry. And so like my goal would be to create a system that, you know, people can log into our system or I can sell the system to perfect the way that other contractors are doing it everywhere. There's not any reason that this industry should have a bad name. Right. But when you don't tell people the truth and you have part of their heart involved in it, yeah. The outcome is never really that great. Yeah, sometimes people might look at contractors um, almost like how um, like mechanics get about it. Like there's just yeah. no trust, right? right? Because they know that you guys have all the knowledge and I don't know a damn thing. So it's like... Scary. Yeah, it can be very scary. And like you definitely want to trust who you're working with. Well, and so part of it is they're tripping over themselves because they don't have a good system in, in place. I've seen contractors that like, you know, I want to hire them. I want to work with them like for a subcontractor, but like they don't call me back on time. And they don't show up to their meeting because they just didn't put it on their calendar yeah. because they're busy working in the field, doing the work, and then they're not getting the background done. And so, like, if they had a system that was easy for them to access and, like, you know. Right. Just a little bit more professionalism there. But yeah. it's just, gro- like, growth. We love to see growth. I'd love to have more apartments. Yeah, the I whole everything. thing is, is uh, we're, we're really everything. growing we're our all. social media <laughs> platform. St. Peter's right. Well, that's the thing is I want everyone to know, you know, who we are. And yeah. I want them to know who we are for a reason, like no matter what. And we've built that brand very well so far. Um, and But we're not even near where I, you know, we're just scratching like, the surface. I think it's sometimes you feel like inside of you, like, like, you know, when you're doing a project or something and you're like, it's just, it's not there yet. It hasn't, just, something's not, missing. Yeah, you just feel it. You just feel it. And so both of us are like, we just feel it. Like, it just feels like we're just scratching the surface. Just getting started. Yep. It's just, it's just the beginning. I know it's been 20 years, but we're just like, just, just finally getting started. now, yeah. it's just it's, getting started. And it, that's yeah. the thing, though, is if I didn't do this for 20 years and have that experience of all the times that I what wasn't growing and the times that we did fail, I wouldn't have learned how to continue to grow. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is like, I don't. I don't like to fail. I hate to lose. I love to win. Turn your failure but, into success, though. But every time you do, you learn from it. Like, mm-hmm. just on a simple idea of, like, a flip from a construction point of view, if you fail at that flip, you take – you don't say, I'm not going to do another one. You say – What did you – you what? assess it. Yeah, you, you assess it, and you say, did I put too much money into it? Did I do – you know, what did was it? Did I buy things? the wrong house because of these problems? Mm-hmm. And you just take that loss, and you move into the next deal, But you know, because – you know, I think fear holds a lot of people back too. Yeah. Yeah. Just being afraid like of the, taking the risk, like just not believing in themselves. Yeah. It's not comfortable, but nothing great comes from comfort. I think yeah. it w- it, what makes us powerful together is like how much we believe in each other. So like That's if he ever thing. doubts himself, We're, like I'm like, what? Are you crazy? You can totally do it. Or he'll come in and I'll say like, this is the design. 
And he's like, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> I cannot, Rochelle, that's not realistic. Like, I don't even think, and I said, hey, I measured it all. I calculated it. You told me a long time. If I can design it, you can build it. So, like, what is holding you back? This is the deal. You this is you. <laughs> this is you. Run with it. And so I think, like, for both of us, like, I know he believes in me, which gives me strength, and I believe in him. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So tell folks how they can get a hold of you and um, your socials and everything. I'll put okay. it in the show notes as well. But it's just- uh, kbuild dot or kbuildit.com is our website. Kbuild Design is YouTube. Kbuild Design is Instagram. And then just kbuild on Facebook. Okay. Great. Hey, thank you guys so much again. Um, Thanks. This has been fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Until next time. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that one. If you did get value out of the podcast, do me a favor, go tell a friend. That's all I ask. Just go tell a friend. And if you have the time, leave a rating and leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. As always, um, check out my buddy Justin Bricker's podcast, The Why Not Podcast. He's dropping an episode a week. And uh, hey, guys, I love you, and I will see you later. Mwah.